What's your favorite alcoholic beverage? If you love being in a girl group, this is totally for you. Some people call us overwhelming. Love it or leave it, we don't care. No, but we want you here. Well, welcome to you. Can sip with us. us. I'm Paul. I'm Ashley. Hi. How are you? Uh... I'm good. Well, for any of you who are new, welcome. Welcome. We are so glad you you're are here. welcome. You Do are welcome. You are welcome for what you're about to experience. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> are you sipping this on anything? This is our anything? gift to you. What? Yes. Are you sipping on anything? I am. I just made, I just got back from a run. So I made like a little post run cocktail. It is, uh, what did I put in here? I put aminos. And electrolytes. Did I put electrolytes in here? Yes. Aminos, electrolytes, and I thought I put something else in, but maybe it's only those two things. Rehydration station. Nice. That's what I'm doing. You yeah. Know? You're fresh off the old run ski. Yeah. yeah. What are you? Are you sipping something? I am. I'm sipping a stevia root beer, which yes. um, root beer has been my friend this pregnancy. Yeah. Um, I just root beer slaps, man. It does slap. And I do like those Zevia ones. You know, John, John's a very routine guy. So have we talked about his like nightly routines? I think we did talk about this. You mentioned he has a root beer every night. A root beer with pumpkin seeds. That combo. What? Yes. Not pumpkin seeds and root beer. The a snacky snack. Do they complement each other? According to him, apparently he gets in these. He used to do like IPA with jalapenos or pepper, like the pickled ones or pepperoncinis. Yeah. Um, yeah. For a long while, like he'll go in these periods of time. So for a long while, yeah. it was it has it still is like a glass of red wine with spicy salami and pepper jack cheese. And he like does like a, he's very methodical and slow about it. like a bite of salami lets that flavor you know, like, like I take a bite of salami, I put the whole thing in my mouth and I just eat it real quick. He's like very, yeah. there's a whole process to it. But yeah, he has, that's his final. Like he usually, after he puts the kids to bed, gets his, you know, meat and cheese and wine, sits on the couch, turns on TMZ. He does, he puts Mac to bed first and then I do Rev. So then while I'm putting Revy to bed, he's like doing that and watching TMZ. But then like, I know he's ready for wind down when he goes and gets his pumpkin seeds and root beer and he sits and we like finish whatever show that we are watching. And wow. And that's like his final thing before bed. Yeah. We are 80. I know. Can you even? <laughs> oh my God. We are 80. Unreal. Years old. Unreal. Yeah. Um, um, I woke up this morning. Has this ever happened to you where you have a dream and it feels really real and yeah. then you wake up? And it sticks with you. Uh huh. So get this. I had a dream last night that Chris left me. Oh, while you're pregnant. Yeah. Stand up guy. Well, I don't know if I was pregnant in my dream, but I dyed my hair blonde. And I think Ooh. that was part of it in yeah. this in this dream world. Little and then crisis. we were going on a plane with friends and I'm we're like at the airport. I think everything's fine. And then he doesn't he doesn't show up on the plane. And I'm like, oh, he's about to miss this fight. Did he go to the yeah. bathroom? Like, is he whatever? And I like 
I'm like, he's got to be coming. He's got to be coming. The plane takes off. I call him at like before you lose You're on the jet phone. Like when after they tell you to put it in airplane mode, but before the phone can no longer work. And he's he's in the car and he's I knew he was leaving me. That's how he left me was <laughs> run away. He's bride. Yeah. And he's like, I'm driving to the beach like we're done, you know, and it was like these things. He's like started airing out reasons. And it was like I woke up this morning oh and I saw him in bed next to me. And I had this feeling of rage and anger and abandonment and all these really? things I've been harboring towards him all day. But here's the twist. It and didn't can, actually happen. Uh, yeah. Here's the twist. Here's the twist. It was just a dream. It wasn't a dream. <laughs> uh huh. I actually can't believe I'm saying this because it feels crazy to say. In his dream last night, uh-huh. he wakes up and I told him, like, oh my God, I just woke up from a dream that you left me. He's like, I don't know how to tell you this. Literally in my dream, I left you too. <gasps> On the same night. Oh my God. What does that mean? So he and the reason he left me in his dream uh-huh. was because I bought a rhinoceros at the zoo and brought it home. You can't be t- you. Oh, home. You brought it home. I brought. Yeah, home. you can't be tamed. A pet. He's like, rhino. I cannot be held accountable for this. I can't be associated. And just anger like of my sort of impulsiveness and mm-hmm. not thinking it through and the things. And so I don't know what it all means, mm-hmm. you guys, but. That's my that's where I'm at today. Wow. A lot well, is if happened. I have time, I am meeting with Erica, our medium on like the 28th and I'll ask her. I bet you are. You, I didn't know that. Did well, I just scheduled it because I went to go sketch. I'm, you know, because I'm at like this weird time where I'm yeah. really having to let go of any limiting beliefs in order to level up of like, I've been holding on to this sort of security of the paycheck that I've had. And uh, that is starting to rapidly decline. And I have been just like sort of teetering and like, you know, questioning, am I making the right move? Am I doing the right thing? But then I'm like, no, I'm doing the right thing. Like I, it, my brain is going to try to keep me comfortable because it's going to talk me out of what I want for this always happens when you're about to level up, your brain will try to talk you out of it of like, right. So my brain is like, man, it's fine. Just like go back to what you're doing. Like, you know, it tries to keep you comfortable. It tries to keep you safe because safety is survival. And it doesn't understand the difference between like safety of, uh, you know, pursuing a dream versus safety of a bear chasing you. It's just trying to keep you alive. So when it starts feeling this uncertainty, it's like, let's not do that. But I know I'm about to level up and I just want to talk to Erica about it and see what her thoughts are on the whole thing. Like I, I just, yeah. So I'm like my brain, it used to be like 80% sticking with the comfort 20%. Maybe this could happen. And it's gradually shifted. And now it's like 80%, this is going to happen. 20%, am I making the right choice? So it's like flipped. Um, And the only difference between me and like busting my life wide open is my brain. That is true for all of us. Like if we can level our brains up, then results will just happen. They'll just naturally happen. Uh, So I'm excited to talk to her, but she has a year long waiting list 
I went to go book for her, book her on her through the link in her profile or whatever, and no, nothing available. So then I messaged her and I was like, well, she had messaged me on Instagram something. I don't remember what. So I wrote back and I said, Hey, I was trying to book with you. Um, And it's funny because she doesn't message me on Instagram that often. But the day that I went to her site to go try to book with her, she sent me like she responded to one of my stories or something just randomly. Right. And I was like, Hey, uh, I was trying to book with you. It looks like you have no availability. And she's like, Oh, um, she's like, yeah, I'll get your name on the wait list and, uh, or cancellation list. I'm booking out a year, but because we're friends, I think she was like, let me, you know, I'll see if yeah. like, I'll move you see up. What I can so do. then she reached out and she was like, Hey, would you be able to do this time on the, I think it's the 28th next Monday. And I was like, yeah, oh, like, I, I would reschedule anything. Wait to hear about it. Yeah. She's exactly who you need to talk to. She's right amazing. Now. She's, She's exactly so the right person for this moment. Yes. In time. And I might and I, like message her beforehand yeah. just because I know her now. Like I trust her that I don't need her to like, I believe what she's going to say. So I don't need to like not tell her anything so that I can see like, is she really a psychic? I believe right, her. Right. right. So I might yes. message her and be like, Hey, this is what I want to talk about. Like maybe if you want to talk to my guides or anything before then. So she comes in with sort of a idea of what it is that I'm, you know, thinking about yeah so yeah so i'm speaking of her if you guys are new here spiritual medium erica is her instagram Mm e-r-i-k-a there's a couple of episodes we've had her on like three times now she's incredible and um but this reminds me we still get a couple of messages and emails fairly regularly she's had a big problem with like impersonators who mm. are it almost seems like they're targeting our listeners or maybe just a lot of our listeners follow her what? but we've gotten several messages from listeners of our podcast saying spiritual medium erica messaged me to schedule a booking but she's asking for my credit card like over messages is mm. this right no it is not um on her actual spiritual medium erica instagram it in her bio this has gotten so bad she says my only insta because there's yes impersonators who are trying to take advantage of people so just she has like 80 what doesn't it say like 9500 plus 100 followers or something like that so if there's any other account it's not her but also if she's ever asking for credit like she has a whole site and system she doesn't ask for credit card would never ask you for that so like her assistant emailed me the you know to book and stuff like it's legit um buyer beware also did you i was watching her stories a couple months ago or a month ago and she had something happen. I want to say like seizures or something what? out of the blue. And she was in the hospital. Like she can't drive for a year or something now. And she's okay. What? She had like a big medical thing happen recently. And I was wondering if that's also why she's on a, like she can't do as many readings or something. Uh-huh. Um, she's still like active and stuff now, but I was watching it and she did like a Q and a on it. But yeah, she had like this big medical thing happen out of the blue. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, I just love right. her. So yeah, guys, go give her a follow and get on her list because ASAP. she's she's just an awesome human, you know? Beyond. Beyond. Yes. Yeah. Um, guys, uh, this whole episode's two sipping it. This is 200 sips today. What? Like we're going to give like our like 200 sips like instead of two sips because we're doing oh, it two like times. Whole, yeah. Yeah. Double whammy. Yes. Your right. double whammy. Correct. But before I was we like, get is into this that, the 200th episode? How many episodes oh, do we have of this podcast? It's got to be getting close or over that. I'm going to look like probably 
We are at, okay, 169. So this will be episode 170. So it's a 200 sips on 170. Oh my gosh. It's 200 sips on 222.22. No way. This is on Tuesday, 222.22. I just typed in the type, like thing for Chad, 222.22. Is that not crazy? Yeah. Okay, the last couple weeks, if there's been a theme of our pod, it is getting some better help. Therapy. We all need it. Okay. Relationships take work. We've talked a lot about that here over and on Patreon, especially the most important one in your whole life, which is the relationship with yourself. Okay. A lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well. But how often do we go out of our way for ourselves to give ourselves the same treatment? Ash, I feel like you should be talking about this because mm-hmm. this is your mission right now. I talked about on, um, la- if you're not over on oh, Patreon, you guys, I talked on Friday over on Patreon about wanting to do this same thing for myself and get some things ironed out um, for myself uh, before baby. And I think it's so awesome to have this kind of access to therapy online and, through BetterHelp. Yeah. And ther- the therapy through BetterHelp is like, you know, legit therapists. And um, I they do phone, video, or you can just even do a live chat, whatever your comfort level is. And it is much more affordable than in-person therapy. And what I also love, like the hardest part for me about going to therapy is what if I don't like the therapist? So then I go out of my way to try to find one. I drive to their office. I sit in the awkward waiting room. I go in their room and I sit on the couch. And then I do this whole thing of like, who are you? Who am I? Blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, well, I don't like your vibe. And then I got to, you know, just deal with this person. You clear it through insurance and all this stuff. And with better help, it is so easy to be matched with a therapist. I am now switching my therapy to like trauma. I don't remember what I put like depression, trauma, like you can check whatever it is you're interested in. And they have a whole variety of therapists. And so I'm switching my therapist. I'm actually meeting with her for the first time on tomorrow. As you guys are listening to this, it'll be tomorrow. So I'll have an update, but I just love how easy it is. And if I don't like her, I don't, it's like no inconvenience to me. I just pick another therapist. I just say, I want to be matched with someone else. And um, I don't have to leave my home. I get to do it right from here. So give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And you can sip with us listeners. Get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash sip. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash sip. Are you ready to sippy yeah. sip a dip dip. I'm ready to sip a dip. Okay. Uh, this one comes in from Blair. Okie doke. Hey, Ash and Call, double fist or soul sipper here. That means that Blair's also over on Patreon. She hangs out with us on Fridays too. She's um, the real deal. Speaking of twos, double dip each week oh, with right. us. Uh First off, thanks for your podcast. It really helped give me something entertaining during the last few months. Here's the sitch. In July, I I found out I had a large tumor in my uterus. Wasn't given any real options other than a full hysterectomy. 
that's everything comes out except the ovaries, which at the time wasn't a big deal as I never wanted to have kids on my own. I always wanted to adopt. Surgery surgery happened in August. Follow up in September, I would find out how bad the situation really was. Basically being told I was lucky I came in when I did as this would have become an emergency response very, very quickly and likely wouldn't have made it. The tumor itself was over three pounds. That's and she wrote terrifying. Yeah, that is terrifying. Wow. Um, there's another paragraph here, but like, I'm so glad that they caught that in time. Um, I'm almost six months out now post-surgery and feeling fine physically, but mentally is another story. Mm. I feel like I handled everything almost too well because I had no intention of having my own children. I'm stuck feeling like I handled the physical part with flying colors, but the part that women look forward to to getting back to living is where I'm struggling. I want to move forward and look forward to all the things to come, but I'm not having a good time when everyone around me is telling me to celebrate that I'm okay. I just can't seem to jump on board. Hope you might have any insights on how to address my thoughts and feelings. I literally just said, I'm just so glad you're okay. Um, Thanks for all the laughs when I needed it most. I'm confused what she's asking. So like she's in the spot where it's like, yeah, you made it right. Like everyone's like celebrating like that. Uh They caught it in time that she's okay. And she's finding herself six months out, like mentally, like physically she's fine. Like, thank God. But like mentally it's like this major thing. It's almost like she's catching up to this major thing. Yeah. And everyone's just like, Oh my God, I'm so glad you're healthy. You're fine. And it's like, no, I literally like my life was at could have been at risk. Like, yeah, I think she's dealing with some, I mean, I don't know, but it sounds like therapy. I mean, speaking of better, better help was like right. the perfect dad to read right before this, but it almost sounds like you've got some things to iron out because that is a major thing that you went through is a major surgery that you went through is a major like thing that you found out and a big like physical change too, like to go through that where, you know, like part of my body's getting taken out, you know, and it's like to save my life. Mm-hmm. Um, And then especially if people don't really know, like if you're if it's like, hey, the world's just moving on and it's like you're still like, whoa, what the hell just happened? Yeah. So, you know, and she's saying she passed the physical part, like the physical part of it, not being able to have children is fine. But now it's the um, mental part of like, whoa, this just happened to me kind of. That's what I'm sensing from this is like she's supposed to just get back to normal. Everyone's like, cool, you're great. Like going back to normal. But she's like on the actual struggle bus. Yeah. Well, I would say first, probably all those people are well-intended. That's probably one of the situations. Like honestly, when Call went through what she did, I can only relate to the words that call is sharing. Like I haven't had that traumatic of an experience. Right. So I can do the best to put myself in her shoes, but I don't, I mean, I I do remember when you said to Chris before you were going into the room, when you heard Bob Marley playing to play the podcast for Ben, right? Like I can, I I remember like telling that story later and crying about like how scared you must've been in that moment to think that, but even still, my, I don't understand fully what you experienced, right? Like, yeah, I don't, not. I'm not going to therapy you. about yeah. your experience because it didn't happen to me, right? So like, I think your friends are well-intended, but it makes sense that they're trying to just like support you now in a way that they think is supportive, really not knowing maybe the kind of support you need or 
how this would actually feel if it was you that went through this. So I do totally yeah. agree with call. I think therapy. Um, and I also think that there's nothing wrong with you that you are like processing this now that there is a delayed sort of trauma response. That's actually probably very normal because it was survival yeah. at first of like, okay, well, this is what I have to do and I'm going to take care of it. And then it sort of catches up to you, but call this actually might be a good question for you to answer. Cause this is kind of what you're going through right now. Yeah. I talked about this on Friday, like this residual, like where it was like when you're in the moment and I, and I don't even, I can't, I don't know exactly her experience, but like, I can only speak to mine. And it's like, when you're making those decisions really fast, it just, it's too much. You can't possibly process all of that in real time. You just can't, mm -hmm. you know, and you're, you've been impacted mentally, physically, emotionally, and that's going to take way more time to heal than just the physical part to your point. Um, and so definitely talk to like, get yourself set up with some therapy is like, for sure, the recommendation, give yourself space and grace and patience. And, um, you know, you, you will like, and, and you might not ever, this will, you're, you might be changed permanently. Like, right. you, I don't think the goal I, I'm speaking like, okay, I can only speak to my experience. I'm like, okay, this changed me forever. Like, it's okay to not go back to where I was. That doesn't make me wrong, like, or like broken. But it's just, it's almost acceptance of that. And like, you know, I want to, there's like, it's good to talk to someone and talk through that and figure that out. I think um, that's key. What you just said, acceptance yeah. too. Um, like allow, cause it sounds like maybe part of what she's doing is now because her friends have moved on feeling guilty that she hasn't moved on or something. And, and I don't know if that's exactly what you're experiencing. Right. But like, if it is allowing yourself to be experiencing the trauma and yeah. processing it, like it's okay. Right. Accepting that it's okay that you're not just like sitting in like, cause there is probably a part of you. that's like, I am grateful to be alive. And I feel overwhelmed with what just happened or what I just went yeah. through. Right. So it's like both, it's another one of those both ands. And, um, so I think as best as you can releasing any, I should be feeling different or I should be over it, over it. Right. Like the shoulds that we place on ourselves, or any guilt that you have about still going through it, releasing that. Um, cause that's adding to, of yeah. course, the stress of the situation now, but. And I think it's less about the friends too. And more like friends can be a mirror for where you're not at sometimes. Mm. Like, like, okay, so like when you lost Brewer, it's like, you know, the world moves on. People move on, but that sticks with you. Yeah. Well, like grief, you know, um, is a good example of this where like, like in her, it's like, her, you know, her friends are like, cool, we're so happy you're alive. And it's a reflection of like, Lo like, whoa, I'm very much on my own here in this experience and it can feel lonely and it is very individual what, you know, this listener is going through. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of it. So like it is these moments, these critical life moments can be lonely, but you're not alone, even though this is your individual path. We are here lifting you up. Mm -hmm. We love you. But uh, therapy, we can't recommend that enough. Because I think that this is probably something deep. And if you try to handle it yourself, it'll just continue to be deeper and deeper. And it'll, you know, manifest yep. differently in your brain. 
Okay. Uh, this comes from Raquel. So guys, if you have burning two sip questions, you can uh, a couple different ways. Go to sipsquadpod.com. There's a form there that you can fill out. You can also leave us a voicemail via our Instagram. There's a contact button and a phone number. So this is coming from our sipsquadpod.com website. Um, how did you know it was time for baby number two? Were you and your partner on the same page about timing? Oh, that's it. Um, yeah. I don't know if we were on the same page. We, oh yeah, I think we kind of were. Um, John was just never really convinced that he wanted a second one. And like ever since we had Rev, he's like one and done. Cause I mean, and I see it now. He's, the kids really um, trigger his anxiety and all the things that could go wrong and ways that can hurt themselves and all of that. But um, I knew and every, I just tried to get everyone to talk to him about like, no, we have to have two. And then there were things that we had. And so it was like one month that we were going to try. And then if not, we were going to wait like a whole other year or something. And then we just ended up, it ended up happening. Uh, but it wasn't really like, I don't know if you know that it's time for baby number two, but if you yeah. have baby number one and you think you want to grow your family, I don't think there's ever like a perfect time to have a kid. So, and you also don't know like how your body's going to respond or what's going to, like how long it yeah. might take. So I would say if you're ready, then pull the goalie and just do it, you know, do that and yeah. then see what happens. Cause it, I know people that had no problem getting pregnant with their first, but really struggled with their second or even had to go through IVF with their second and failed, right? Like couldn't end up having more kids and not that that's going to be your story, but we think like, well, if I just plan it perfectly, then it'll be great. But yeah. one, I don't think it's ever like, there's never like, oh, this is exactly the right time. It's like the right time is going to be when it happens and yeah. the li life will figure itself out around the baby. So if you're ready, I would just say, pull it and be having sex yeah. and see what happens. And then if yeah. you're like, okay, it's been six months, then you'd be more, you know, calculated about your ovulate, like all the things that you did. Yep. Yeah. There's no one that comes in and says it's the time. You know, um, for me, biology, like I think we're programmed to want to procreate with our partners, like like biologically, I think that something kicks in at some yeah. point. Not that's always. True. Definitely yeah. not. There's definitely people who are like, that is not, you know, that's great. Yeah. Um, that's not biology not working for you. It's just I think after, like I felt this pull that I had not felt where I was like, I want to procreate. Yeah. Like that didn't that was never a thing. And I don't yeah. think that that was like. It didn't feel like a choice <laughs> right. necessarily as like as much of a shift or something. I don't know. Um, but it's kind of like it was like kind of fascinating how that happens. But uh, yeah, Chris and I were on the same page like both times, you know, about wanting to well, three times really about wanting to um, procreate together. And I don't know, didn't feel like didn't feel like he was on a different page at any point. So I don't I don't really know. How to but if your that. husband is, that's fine. Right. Because it's like mine. Yes. It was the same for us, but that's, that's not always the case. So if your husband is like the way that she asked the question makes me think that maybe they're not on the same page and that's fine too. Hey, Ashton call double fister soul sipper, sipper. Whoa. Here from Nova Scotia, Canada. First of all, I love you guys. I'm bringing past binging past Patreon episodes and just finished. You can ask your daughter not to be a moron in the episode where you were talking about age difference 
differences with Mary. This is the old one. You can uh, ask her. I can't. But we said that. I probably said that. You can ask your daughter Patreon not to be a moron. Are just random sound bites, you guys. So anyway, um, so she says, I'm engaged to someone who is 50 and I'm 31. We are so happy and our relationship works so well. I'm just wondering your opinion on relationships with big age gaps. Anyways, please never stop podcasting. You guys make my work week so much better. I'm a dog groomer, so the dogs I the dogs and I listen to you guys all day. I'm not sure how I'll survive when I'm caught up and have to wait for new episodes. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Dude, dog groomers are the like MVPs, man. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so what did she um, say the gap was? What are our thoughts? So she's engaged with someone who's 50 and she's 31. Okay. What are our thoughts on big age gaps? I don't, I don't, I'm trying to, I was going to say, I don't think I have an, I don't think I have thoughts on it, but I'm trying to like scan my brain to be like, if I do, I think I probably initially, if I see someone 31 and someone dating a 50 year old, I'm sure I have initial judgment. I'm sure I would judge you. Um, But then and like, that's fine, right? Like people are going to judge you and they see you at the grocery store or whatever. Like you go to his company parties and whatever, like people are going to, and that's fine, but people are judging you. Even if you're not dating a 50 year old, like people are judging all of the time. Yeah. Um, so, and sometimes good, sometimes bad. I don't think it matters as long as both of your guys's intentions are where you want them to be. So yeah. I don't really care that you're 19 years apart. Your family's probably going to have some opinions. And like, I think the work for you is to let, to be okay with people having opinions, right? So the work, the reason that other people's opinions would affect you in this situation is because you on some subconscious level also have those opinions, right? This fear of other people's judgment. And cause otherwise like it just wouldn't matter to you. It, like when, if people judge you on the color, like they're like, Oh my God, I hate your blue hair and you don't have blue hair. You don't take mean it as anything. Um, yeah. but if someone judges you on something that's actually going on and you have a concern that judgment might be coming, like you will absorb that a little bit more. So I think your work needs to be on how do you feel about dating and being engaged to and married to a 50 year old? Like, and your initial, your conscious brain is going to be like, oh, I'm fine with it. But like, what is your subconscious brain and how can you retrain that um, into, because like maybe you were also someone that when, before you were in this relationship would have judged, right? Um, and so that is in your subconscious. And I think the biggest thing is going to be that you've got your own back on this because judgment's going to come and that doesn't make them wrong because um, it's, just, it's just what it is. And you can be upset about that. And I'm not saying it will be easy, but I think the biggest thing is you having your own back and, um, not be, you know, like not thinking they shouldn't have judgments. Like if they're going to have judgments, that's fine. I know that we are right for each other. And this is the relationship I want to be in. And I understand that people are going to judge. That's all right. I'm happy. He's happy. We're in love. Cool. Your judgment doesn't affect our love or our life. I don't know. Easier said than done, but that's the work. Like, if I was life coaching you, that's the work that I would do. Yeah. And that's super helpful. I think I for sure judge big age gaps when it's like, when it's like, um, not in the, like, you're in kind of a sweet spot. Like, 30, it's like you're old enough. 
30s, like you're making decisions. 50, you can be young at heart. I mean, I really do believe souls connect and people aren't necessarily always their age that Mm -hmm. like you can be an old soul, young soul, whatever. Scott Disick having these relationships with like these 15 year olds, 16 year olds, 17 year olds. I totally judge that. All day, every day. I'm like, if I was their parents, I'd be pissed off that this yeah. is like, you know what I get to? I get curious and I also question motivation. Yeah. Right? Like, on who? Sure. The older, on both parts? Both. Yeah. Both. But especially more so the older person because I think there's more responsibility there and young minds, I just feel like, are more influenced and more fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, I also judge young women with very old men especially like, if they're like successful in any way and like real old guys yeah really really like really Hugh old. hefner yeah like mm-hmm. if chris and i are out to dinner like that's some good people watching i'm like what is going on there yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know but then i'm sure if i got to know these people and like actually like saw the relationship i'd probably be totally different but like from a rubbernecker standpoint, just from the outside looking in, oh, I'm talking about it at dinner with yeah. Chris. I'm like, what's happening? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's my two cents. 30 and 50, if I saw you out, I wouldn't think twice. Cause that's like, I don't think that's you that wouldn't? big of a I don't think it's that huge of a gap. Like probably looking at them physically, I feel like it's probably like I don't know. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't think that that person's like out with their dad. Yeah. You know, I think 50 is like pretty young. Yeah. And I, think I mean, this day and age is like mature. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't think twice. But like. But again, like who gives a f- if you're in the right spot and he's in the right spot, who gives a fuck who's judging? Again, also yeah. easier said than done. But like people, you, people are going to judge. And totally. That's OK. Right. Like totally. The pain from their judgment only comes when like you absorb that judgment. Okay, I went to Bora Bora just recently, you guys know this, and I packed lots of dresses, and it was hotter than balls there. I don't know if I'm even allowed to say that in this, but it was very hot, and I don't like the thighs touching when I'm walking, Mm. right? But I wanted dresses. I wanted flowy dresses, and we found this company called Honey Love, and it is shapewear you actually want to wear. It is designed for comfort and looks. And it is as beautiful as your favorite lingerie with unparalleled construction. Unlike your grandma's girdle, Honey Love is made from premium materials and constructed with the signature X that targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. Which for me, I don't really care about like targeting and sculpting my midsection, but it just feels comfortable, right? Like the support there, I like that. And I sized up so it wasn't squeezing me because I don't like that. It also never rolled down. Amazing. Honey Love has been featured in New York Times, on Good Morning America, in Bride Brides Magazine, and has thousands of five-star reviews. Plus, there's no risk. They'll cover the shipping and restocking to make all U.S. returns completely free. See for yourself at honeylove.com and get 20% off a second item. Plus, when you use our code SIP, you'll get an additional 10% off your entire order. That's big. Get 20% off your second item plus an additional 10% off at honeylove.com with code SIP. Honeylove.com code SIP. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
okay, this is just a listener email. Uh, cause we had talked about like, Hey, how do you find friends? Like when you go places? So some, someone has a suggestion. Hey, listening to your recent episode, my husband and I moved across the country to Dallas in 2019 and didn't know anyone. I downloaded Bumble BFF. Oh, I didn't. That's I cool. I think I've heard that there's something like this. So she said, I downloaded Bumble BFF and started chatting with lots of ladies, but it got overwhelming with people wanting to meet up and balancing work. So I organized dinner at a Mexican restaurant on a Friday night and invited lots of people from the app. That's a cool idea. About 25 of us showed up and it was an amazing night. I know several good friend groups came out of that night, including one of my own. (gasps) I'll be a bridesmaid in a wedding (gasps) in May for one of them I met that night. Definitely recommend trying the apps out. That's a cool ass story. And this is from Rachel. Thanks for sending this in, Rachel. That's cool. Okay, I don't... What is it? I'm Googling and I only see Bumble. So I got to find Bumble BFF. Bumble BFF. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, I was catching up with a friend the other day and she was talking about how she was out to... um, She was like out to a meal and there were like these women sitting like nearby her and they were like clearly like... It was like a meetup of some kind and Uh my friend was sitting on her own. Like I think it was like before a work meeting or something. And they invited her over to their table and they're like, hey, do you want to come join us? And they are part of a book of the month club where they just like meet up one time a month to talk about a book. And now she's part of that club. And so you could probably also use an app for that. Like, hey, anyone interested in like reading a book and meeting up once a month? Like kind of like a... You know, I guess you, before you make that kind of commitment, you want to know who you're going to get. So maybe yeah. like the Mexican food night, it's like the nice start. And then like if there's cool people that you meet suggesting something like that. So you actually get into like a cadence of oh my hosting gosh, and like seeing somewhat regularly, you know, mm-hmm. but it's only like low commitment, but like high potential to make good friends. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love those ideas too. Okay. Back into the the meteor stuff. Okay, this comes from Katie. Um, and it's two sips in law trouble. Uh-oh. Hey, ladies, double fist or soul sipper here. I need help. I'm a mom to a beautiful three-year-old little girl and a three-month-old little man. A couple months ago, we were spending time with my in-laws. My six-year-old nephew and my daughter were playing together. They came out and whispered something together and then shouted, I'm so fat. It took me by surprise because my daughter had no idea what that word means. They both started laughing along with my in-laws in the room. Now, I'm a hardcore Enneagram 9. I don't know anything about 9s. Mm, peacekeeper. Um, she doesn't like drama. I hate rocking the boat. So I didn't say anything and just changed the subject, but it really bothered me. Mm-hmm. My mother-in-law and sister-in-law both make comments on how fat... Um, on how they are fat and the diets they are doing to basically starve themselves. They comment on other people's weight and it definitely and definitely don't care who's around to hear it. The last weekend we were with them, I heard my nephew make comments about his weight multiple times. He's six and far from overweight. I realize there's nothing I can do to change their minds, but I have a job as my daughter's mom to teach her how to feel beautiful in her own skin. I've made it a habit to always talk nicely about my body to her 
and to be an example on how to love the one body you have. We are going to be seeing my in-laws in a few weeks, and I'm just needing some advice on how to start a conversation with my daughter when and if the topic comes up about being quote-unquote fat and whether or not I should have a conversation with my in-laws about saying these things in front of her. I grew up listening to my mom talking badly about her body and how much she hated it and... um it definitely affected me as I got older and I don't want that for my daughter. I realize the world we live in will also affect her. I just want her to have a strong base before the world has a chance to get to her. Thanks ladies. I think probably a lot of people can relate to some degree to this, like, like whether it's the world or outside like influences or language, right. And like this sort of culture of like commenting on bodies and wanting to change bodies and this it's everywhere. And so, yeah, this is like a huge, like, I'm, I just feel like a lot of people can relate to this. And like, this is also one that's like, I'd love if other people have had situations where they've like tried to parent to this or had conversations like difficult conversations in their life with other people and it's worked well and you've had success, like what tips have worked. And so email us at you can sip with us at gmail.com because I think this would be a good hangover, like sharing one, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. what do you think, Ash? I have so many things I'm thinking. Um, okay. So I know that people bitch when I go life coach route, but like that's where my brain is. I have worked very hard to have a brain that can think this way. And so I'm going to utilize it. Um, So when these people write in, sometimes I just will be like the human. And sometimes I go, I try to go neutral and um, have them look at their brain. So I have a few thoughts as you were writing. um, And my first thought is, yes, the world is going to impact all of our kids. Um, But they will learn the most from you. They will learn the most from their parents for sure. So I think it's great that you are managing the way that you speak. And I would also not just talk nicely about your body, but like also just neutral and also not even talk about it sometimes. Like it's just not right. Like that it's, it doesn't have to be this big thing. Um, and yeah, talk about how strong you are and how you know comfortable you feel, whatever, all of those things. I think that's good. But I also think sometimes people overcompensate And still, my goal, at least, is to just have a body be a part of our lives, not the main focus. Um, So the other thing that I thought, you are an Enneagram 9, which doesn't like to rock the boat. And I can appreciate that. But you have some options here. You're sort of saying like, well, this is the way that they speak. And I don't like them talking like this. So what do I do? And I think there's a couple of options. One... I don't think it's necessarily rocking the boat if you at maybe not in that moment because then that they might get defensive, but at another time addressing it with them or if they're your in-laws, maybe you talk to your husband about it and sort of explain like because they don't know that this they most people do not, especially our parents and our parents' parents' generation, women's bodies were fair game to talk about. And so they're very used to it and they don't know that like that they were raised like that. And that is why they feel so comfortable doing it. But that's also why they're calling themselves fat and talking about how dieting is all what they need to do and all that stuff. And so explaining to them, like, I don't want to do this to our kids generation. Right. Um, And I know it's all well intended, but I want to try to avoid 
um, talking about our bodies in front of my kids. And, you know, being really kind and maybe even saying like, I grew up with a lot of, you know, whatever your thoughts are about your body. And I'm trying really hard to not pass that on to her. And so, you know, yeah. I totally get where you guys are coming from. Cause I want to say that stuff too. Sometimes the way I think about my body, right. Trying to meet them a little bit so they don't feel defensive. Yes. But I also think as a parent, if you want to, it's important to have that conversation and you can tell yourself, well, I don't like confrontation, so I'm not going to have it, but I would challenge you to, uh, rise up to that. Um, and then the other thought that I have is if you really like you have that conversation and I would, for me, I would put a boundary in place, but I don't have any issue with confrontation. So like when my dad says stuff, I will say, I don't want you talking. And I don't say it in front of Revy, right? Because, or Mac, I don't want it to be, I don't want to draw any more attention to it. So maybe even in that moment, as they're coming out and saying, I'm so fat or whatever it was that they screamed, if you would have said something in that moment, like your daughter, you said, she doesn't even know what that word means. So if you would have said something, maybe then she's like, oh, oh, I, f- I can feel the tension now. What's going on here? And then she takes more notice versus mm-hmm. she's just playing and it's something that's said and she doesn't pay attention to it. Yeah. So maybe it's even better to not say it in that moment. And I don't have these discussions with my parents in front of uh, Revy, but I do talk about it later and um, address it with them. And they're respectful of that. I know not everybody is, but then you would set a boundary of like, you would talk to them, be kind, da, da, da. And then if it continues happening, then it would be like, I really just don't feel comfortable bringing her around until maybe she's older or something. I don't know. But that would be something you'd have to talk to your husband about. But you would enforce that boundary if that is something that they're continuing to do and you continue to feel very uncomfortable with it, which, you know, I would too. um, Then you have to decide what, you feel com- most comfortable doing? Like, do you feel com- most comfortable exposing her to it or not, you know, exposing her to it if they're not going to stop? But I think that they don't probably know what they're doing and then they probably will be open to your feedback on that, especially yeah. if you come at it from a, um, like we're same team kind of place. Yes. Not you're doing this and this is harming her. It's like, I've wanted to do this too and this actually harmed me and did, I don't know. So yeah. those are my thoughts. Yeah, they definitely, they don't know what they're doing, like impact wise, and you're seeing something that they're not seeing. So you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. how do we all see this together? And like, there's probably a billion other situations where as parents, especially like when it's other people who love our children, who are around our children a lot, it's like, hey, we're working on this thing with them. Can you support me? It's like, hey, we're working on we're changing bedtime routine up. Can you help me by following it? Like, here's what it looks like. Like there's lots of tools you already have to help you with this conversation. And so like, I always go back with critical conversations to like intention impact. I know this wasn't your intention, but here's my concern around potential impact. I love that. You know, and like, I, I have worry and concern about this and you know, you might not have even realized it, but she had never actually even said the word fat until like a couple of weeks ago. And like, I'm like kind of, you know, like just kind of meet them where they're at in a very positive way. But like, can you guys help support me in my parenting? Because here's my goal. Yeah. Like, I yeah. want her to feel, you know, like this is her one body. And I know eventually like I can't control everything about everything that influences her, but you guys could really support me by X, Y, Z, you know, and get really specific about the ask. Like, can we not talk diets? Can we not talk fat? 
like mm-hmm. changing bodies, like mm-hmm. when her little ears are here, that, you know, and thank you. That really helps me, you know. Um, okay. You're not someone that I feel like loves confrontation either. How disagree you- now. I feel like I disagree with that now. Like, yeah. I don't love confrontation. Yeah. I feel like I pick my battles, though. Like, I feel like I there are things that bother me, but it's also like I'm not going to die on every hill. Right, it's not right. worth it to me. But I also feel like, especially with like work and everything, I am not afraid to nip things in the bud and address. How it. did you, I mean, for her, like, and maybe you've always been like that. Um, but how do you feel like you, you know, stepped into that more confident place of like, I'm going to voice an opinion that is important to me, right? Because it sounds like this is important to her. Yeah. I mean, I think it just takes practice. Like, it just takes practice. And I think, like having a plan too. Mm-hmm. And so I think like for for someone who doesn't want to rock the boat, hopefully these tools are helpful mm-hmm. of like, we're getting to the outcome, but it doesn't have to be what you're thinking it has to be. Mm-hmm. It can just be, you know, a comfortable conversation. Yeah. But you're getting to the same place. Yeah. This is a hill I would die on. This mm-hmm. is, this is important, you know, but I also think personality, like I don't think I get fired up about a whole lot. Yeah. You know, I don't I just it's not that I don't care. I just like it's not that I'm avoiding anything. I think like a lot of things just don't rattle me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then when they do, it's important to talk about it. Yeah. Like and it's important to address it right away. Cause otherwise, if you don't, things get weird. Well, yeah, and then it builds up, harvest. right? Like she's noticing. Yes. And then probably you're not enjoying your time when you're around these people and yeah. It's not fair to yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, advice patron here. So we will prioritize if you guys are uh, double fist or soul sippers and you put that in the subject line, we will prioritize these messages. Hey, ladies, I need some advice. Uh, and this is a request to keep anonymous. My husband and I have been dealing with infertility for over two years now. We got married when I was 22 and I'm 25 now. I know I have plenty of time to be a mom. I have PCOS and I am learning how to heal it naturally, but that takes time. We are in the middle of adopting a baby, which is such a blessing. However, every time I hear of someone getting pregnant, I cry uncontrollably. Mm. It doesn't matter if I'm close with that person or not. The tears just start rolling. Mm. I get filled with so many emotions, sadness, jealousy, anger. I'm so thankful to be able to adopt. And I know that God will give us a baby that fits in with our family perfectly. But I want to experience pregnancy too. Any advice on how to handle these emotions of mine would be so, so appreciated. Love you, ladies. Thanks for all you do. I feel like, I mean, I can go, but I feel like go. Yeah, this is more in your. Well, kind of and kind of not yeah. like, you know, um, I, don't, I think so much just about our mind um, and. Like, I want to recommend therapy again here. Yeah. <laughs> because um, this, that is, I've never experienced infertility, but I, of course, have experienced like jealousy and sadness and grief and all of those things. And I would be curious maybe what you're making it mean about yourself. Cause there is like sometimes when people are going through things, like grief or sadness would be a natural emotion here, right? Like, when, if I were to be coaching you and I'd say, well, how do you want to feel? You wouldn't be like, well, I want to feel happy. 
It's like, no, you want to feel something about it, right? Like grief and sadness feels appropriate to me. And I don't think that that's wrong. Um, I think one, then you're beating yourself up about the grief and sadness, right? Uh, Which isn't helping you. But I would also be curious if maybe you're making it mean, because I know with a lot of women I've spoken with about infertility, that they sort of make it mean there's something wrong with me or like this anger at my body, that this thing my body is supposed to do is not happening. And that thought, I am not sure, is serving you. And that's where I would be curious about like, what are you making it mean? Because sadness about it is normal. If this is something that you've wanted, you really want to experience carrying a child and that's not happening for you in the way that you thought it was going to, I would be sad too. I think that it's probably healthy to feel sad and not try to just move to a positive place or say that there's anything wrong with feeling that sadness and grief. Like, I actually think that's a very healthy thing to Mm -hmm. have the confidence that you can experience sadness and grief and know that you'll be okay and it can flow through you. But where you get stuck is one resisting it. Like, I don't want to feel this or there's something wrong with me or I shouldn't be feeling this because we're so lucky to be able to adopt. And, you know, all these things that you might be telling yourself. Um, But I would also just start digging into what is the store? Like, what are you making it mean? And that is probably where some of the deep, deep pain is coming that isn't actually true for you, right? Like there's something wrong with you. Um, I don't know that that is a useful thought. And again, I don't know what you're thinking, but I would not coach you away from feeling difficult emotions, but I would coach you away from beating yourself up and treating yourself poorly. Yeah. 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 And it's, um, God, you know, yearning for something is so hard. And then seeing others experience the thing that you're yearning for, mm. it just, I don't wish that on anybody. And um, no one wishes that on anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just like, and um, then there's also, yeah, this like in our world, it's like, we should be happy all the time or this is like what we strive for is to be happy all the time. It's like life's not like that. There's a lot of just crap kind of all the time. And there's like moments of happy and there's like moments of joy and chapters of happy and joy. And this is a chapter that you're in right now. This is a chapter that you're in right now. You will have other chapters in your life. So the question is, how do we navigate this chapter that you're in that is not forever you know, like this is just, this is the right now. And feeling all those things is okay to Ashley's, like all your points are so good. Like you don't have to cover it up or put pressure on yourself to not feel those things. Like it's gonna, I feel like it's part of, of getting through this chapter for you. Um, and you know, I, I, um, I'm glad that you wrote in cause I, mm. I just think it's so important like and you don't people don't have to share what they're struggling with all the time. But it's what a gift when people are like when they do open up and share, because there's probably a lot of people listening to this who are going through a similar chapter to know that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And that's like really beautiful. So I just want to say thank you for writing this email. I wish you all of the love and support through this chapter as you navigate it, because it is not an easy one. And I would love to see pictures of the adopted mm-hmm. baby um, yeah. once that, that human is part of your family. 
Um, that's all I, I think got. that's a great point about writing in um, because there is probably a lot of people that feel shame over not like shame over what you're experiencing, but also then like shame over I'm not able to celebrate other people initially when they get this kind of news. Yeah. And that's also a normal thing, right? Your, your feeling is normal, but shame is one of those emotions that never serves us ever, ever, ever. So what is the story that you're telling yourself that is causing shame? Cause that is the root of the pain that I would not, that is not healthy and is not helpful. So I think it's really brave that you wrote in and yeah, I, I also want to see pictures of your little Bambino. Yeah. And you can have both. You can be so excited for this adoption and also be grieving. Both and. You can have it all. And we're complicated. People are complicated. Yes. You know, um, that's it for two sips. But I did want to share this two sips follow up quite a while ago. And we've shared many stories about like um, infidelity or cheater McGeeters and all these things. And so we got <laughs> a message from someone who said a two sips response to cheating from a former cheater. So I thought oh, this okay. was an interesting okay. thing. And yeah, you guys, if you ever have like, if you want to weigh in on stuff that you think would be helpful for our audience, like definitely write in about that stuff too. So she said, say, hey girls, double fist or soul sipper here. Please keep this anonymous. I have a response to a recently read two sips that I would like to share. Mm. I was the one who cheated in my marriage seven years ago. I got married when I was 20, but that's not an excuse, just context to my story. Anyway, he filed for divorce and that was the slap in the face wake up call I needed. We went to counseling and started peeling back the layers to our marriage that we never talked about. It was a lot of hard work, but man, did it pay off. Now, seven years later, we have two beautiful kids and we are more in love than ever before. I really do think things happen for a reason. Even though it was an extremely tough lesson, it made me realize what I felt was actually important. You are both absolutely amazing and make my days as a stay-at-home mom much more fun. I love you both so much. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Those of you listening who might have question marks over, hey, what does the future look like for my fertility? You need to know about modern fertility. And this is like one of my favorite partners. How crazy aligned are these ads this week? Insane. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> they are yeah. like really, really, really insane. Um, but this is one of my favorite partners because I think modern fertility is so freaking cool because a lot of this stuff like can be a little scary or you might not know where to start in terms of like how do I like figure out like how to plan for the future, whether or not I want that to have kids? Like, what are my options? Like, or if you're starting to try and like, oh, maybe we need to be exploring mm-hmm. a next step here because things aren't quite going how we thought. Like, what do we do? Modern fertility is an awesome next step. Knowledge is power. When you know more, you can make better decisions for your body, your health, and your future. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and get your personalized results within 10 days. You're going to get all kinds of insights into things like your hormone levels or ovarian reserve. Um, other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means. And you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. Traditional testing with your doctor can can cost over $1,000, but modern fertility gets you the same info at $159. That's crazy. That is crazy. Uh, 
yeah. And you can, if you go to modernfertility.com slash SIP, you can get 20 bucks off your test. If you've got HSA or FSA, you can put those dollars towards modern fertility. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, clinically sound info about your body can help you make a decision that's right for you. Um, and you guys, like, I just wish, like, Every time we do this read and we talk about modern fertility, I wish this was something that I knew about Mm. back when Chris and I were trying for Ben because it felt very overwhelming and confusing. And I eventually got here where I was able to like understand things about my hormones and we were able to make some adjustments and like do some things that really helped with our personal journey. But man, I just think this is so cool and such an awesome option to be able to do at home um, to get you what you need as easy as possible. So right now, go to modernfertility.com slash SIP because they are offering $20 off the test. That means that your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash SIP, modernfertility.com slash SIP. All right, let's bring it home. Let's land the bird. Do you have a rant this week? Um, I have a lot of rants in my section of rants, but I don't know if I've said some of them before. So rapid rants. Um, Did I talk about the fire detectors going off? I can't remember. And we've been criminals of double ranting on things before. Yeah. So, um, rapid fire rant, rapid rants, apparently all the batteries in our fire detector were placed in them around the same time because within like two weeks of each other, they're all going off, but it's like, and it's, and it's also happening in the middle of the night. They don't do it like at 10 AM in the morning, middle of the night, 2 AM. They're like, beep like this, but it's like the warning, right? So they're not like going off. Like there's a fire. They're going off. Like I'm about to die. And I'm like, why don't you just die already? Like I'm sleeping. Come on. We, we have these ones that John took it out of the ceiling and we tried to replace the battery. Still can't figure it out. Took it out of the ceiling and it's still, and I asked, we have a friend who's a firefighter and he's like, yeah, sometimes they have like even backup things in there. So like it'll keep signaling or whatever. So he unplugged, like we had to like cut wires or something like that to get them to stop because replacing the battery didn't work. And now we're basically living in a fire hazard. That half of the house, we have like three fire detectors that are not hooked up anymore. We need to get them figured out because they were just going off randomly and we don't know how to like batteries aren't working. And when you plug it, like take it out, it still doesn't work. So we've like had to really shut them down. Dude, shut them down. I want to take a bat to it. I know. We want to take a bat to it. Um, another rat rant that I have is, you know, when you're getting on the highway and they're trying to funnel you, but there's yeah. nobody. There's no, yeah. it's not like there's like a line of cars. It's you pull down the on-ramp and it's like rush hour-ish time, but yep. you have to come to a, com- and there's no one around you, no one in front of you, no one behind you. And you have to come to that complete stop at the red light yes. before you get the green to go. And I'm like, can't I just go? Because like, I don't understand why they are there at red Instead of like, maybe they should at least be at yellow. So it's like, hey, caution, just use your own judgment. If Right. I get why maybe they don't have them at green, because then if there's a bunch of people coming down, there's no filtration system. But I don't understand why or why don't they have sensors 
way back at the start of the ramp. So when they know, oh, there's a car coming, I can turn this green so I don't have to come to a complete stop before I get on the highway and have to gas it up again when there's nobody else here. Come on. Do you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. I don't understand. Another rant that I'll offer, when you go to the grocery (laughs) store and they put one piece of something in a plastic bag. You have like yeah. 10 items and they send you home with yeah. eight plastic. This doesn't happen in Oregon because you guys don't, I don't think you use plastic bags anymore. Arizona is like, oh, the planet's dying. I'm going to expedite this process. I'm going to put, I'm going to send you home with 27 plastic bags with that you can't recycle. Things. You're yeah. just going to kill the planet and the birds and the turtles yeah. and everything. And I'm like, yeah. no, literally just like jam it full. And I bring, I know I bring in my reusable bags, but I forget at least half the time. Same, so it's also same. my fault. But like the amount of plastic, but who there needs to be a college course or something in high school where if you are going to bag things, you got to know how to maximize the space. And also why are plastic bags even around anyway? Why aren't we yeah. all doing paper bags all of the time? Yeah. Or like buy, compostable. There's got to be a better the way. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. So I don't think paper bags are like awesome either. Are they not? I don't know. I feel like California I don't. California has it right. California charges you like five or 10 cents. I think it's like 10 cents yeah. a bag. So that I'd be yeah. curious to see, like, has that made an impact on how many bags are used? I bet. I bet. Because yeah. when I'm there, they're like, do you want to pay 10 cents for a bag? And sometimes I say yes. My sister that was in Hawaii, too, she would like bring her plastic bag and reuse the plastic bags that they had. But it would probably you'd be like, OK, I got to remember to bring you my bags in. It. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like the planet is dying and we're just like plastic bags suck, too, because if there's a couple things, they don't they don't have structure. They don't have weight. Right. So they don't hold anything. Oh, yeah. It's all going to flop city anyway. Yeah. Flop you might city. as well not have one. It's right. going to be just rolling around in your car as it is. I saw this thing. It was during covid that I thought was really smart and I haven't done it yet. But what they said is, you know, you go to the grocery, you check out, you haven't put everything back in your cart. And then you go to your um, trunk and you have a laundry basket in there and you just put stuff in your laundry basket and then you can take it inside. No bags needed ever. Right. And I love that idea because then like you're the smart one you just from the cart to the basket, basket to the house. And you put the basket back in your car, especially if yeah. they have we have those collapsible baskets, you know, so it's like lays flat till you need it. I just haven't done it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, could go on, but those are my three rants I'll leave you with today. Um, my rant is I got them a prenatal massage, which was great. And I paid, uh, they had like a little, Hey, for X amount more, we'll give you a scalp massage. Oh, and normally I say no, normally I say no, but I'm like, Oh, a little head massage like that kind of like sounds nice. Why would they charge you extra for that? Well, it was like a longer plus 15 minutes. Oh, okay. Okay. Of just scalp massage. Right. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to sign up for that. And so, and this, this is like a far and few between situation, but like, I was not expecting. So it was like we did the whole massage and then it was time for the scalp thing. And it was I hear, you know, you you got your eyes closed, but I could hear the bottle uh, come closer to my head. And then I heard like squeeze. And it is like I was getting like basted with hot oil, like not hot, hot, but like oil. And it was like, let me get this in all parts of your scalp. You know, let me just like rake it and in and it was squeezed like half a bottle and then it was like just rubbing oil into my scalp but not really a massage getting oil out of hair 
Uh, like that uh. was an extreme amount. But if you go to a, get a massage and they get a lot of oil in your hair. I mean, this was I was doused. I was like, oh, I just got I literally just I got was in an oil, spill. oil shampoo without I was in an oil spill. And like when you wash your hair and I'm like, I did a double wash. I washed it and right. then I did other things and then I put another round of shampoo and then I did like I was really like, how much of this oil can I get out? And I probably should have Googled it because it was probably a hack to do this better. And I just didn't know. But then I dry my hair and I go to dry it. And you know when you're drying it, but you're like, wait, it's dry? That's not possible. This is still wet. My hair's still wet because it's all oil. It's so greasy looking. The amount of like getting oil out of hair, dude, is like, that's my rant. It just should not be a thing. Yeah, you should call him back and be like, hey, I know I paid you for the extra 15-minute scalp massage, but then I spent... 45 minutes at home trying to get it out so i think you owe me like you owe me you know the hey, net, when you're net here just yeah he's yeah. like you actually owe me i yeah. had to massage myself a lot and i and also another rant washing hair when you have a lot of hair long oh, hair did, and drying going through that whole process yeah. it's exhausting yeah. it's a full right workout. so what do you do you're like fuck yeah. now i have to go back in the shower and try to wash, wash it my and dry it again, again tomorrow it's like, I have to quit my job now to just have, I got to, I, I have no time to do anything else. Yeah. Chris, you got to be on Ben duty. I've got a shower again. Yeah. He's going to just leave me again. It's a whole, yeah. It's a whole <laughs> He's thing. just going to leave me oh again. Oh my God. All right. Do you have a rave this week? I mean, I fine. I could. I got a rave. But, okay. You go. Because you know, I did a makes, bunch of rants. You know what makes me feel alive? What? <laughs> this is going to be a quick rave. We have some, we happen to have some whipping cream in the, refrigerator uh-huh okay follow me here I'm open up the fridge open up the it's not on the side it's in a drawer so you open okay. up the drawer okay take a bottle of whipped cream out yeah. take the cap off i think open I know your mouth squeeze <laughs> it in yeah. i feel like a renegade i feel like a cowboy <laughs> like a hell cowboy. yes i, I am, am a alive <laughs> yes dude or get this, uh, Ben's been like, we got some apple juice for Ben. Yeah. Apple juice slaps. Speaking of things, it slaps. Okay. So you uh-huh. open up the fridge. Uh-huh. Take out apple juice. Uh-huh. The whole thing. Okay. Undo the lid. Yeah. Put carton to mouth. Glug, 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 glug. That'll make Down you feel head. alive. You guys want to rush? You guys, guys want to go for a ride? <laughs> Drink something right out of a cart. Yeah. Or no, right that, out of the that can. That is renegade status. That's how you get... You want to feel supercharged in your life? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Go do that. Do it. Take it, take it to the dump. vibe for this week. All right. All right, you guys. We love you. You can sub with us always. Tell a friend. Leave us a love letter. Just, just a letter. Thank letter. You. Leave us a love letter. Mm-hmm. In the reviews, you know? Right. But like right, tap right, that right. five star. It keeps everything going. Come over on Patreon. If you dare. Yeah. If you dare. You can sip with us always. And we will see you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Want more? You can sit with us. How about another round of your favorite podcast? We uh, same, Sign me up. same, same, same. Join us for another round over on Patreon. That's where we give you the down and dirty. We get yeah. raw and real. 
We raw dog it over there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Every Friday, at least, we drop Friday episodes over on Patreon and additional content. It's all ad free. You can sign up. Go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash you can sip with us or download the Patreon app and search. You can sip with us. Become a patron. Five bucks, guys. It's five bucks a month. I mean, just give up your latte one day. One day Mm -hmm. out of 30 days, boom, paid for. Yeah. Yeah. Totes, kibbutz. Do it. We'll see you over there. KCO. Every Friday, guys. Love you. Bye. You're our crew. Bye.